So I'm going to do something a little bit different um, today. On the screen is a photo of who recognizes this fellow? No, it's not Santa Claus. Does anyone recognize him? That is Adam Townley, the Reverend Canon Adam Townley. I believe he was the third rector of St. James Paris. And he served in the, 18, the late 1800s. 150 years ago, he had this message for the people of St. James, here now framed in, uh, in this pamphlet that was sent out to parishioners, um, his Lent address of 1873. And Justice James Nielsen came across this doing some sort of historical research on Paris and whatnot, and he and his family gave this to our parish family as, as a gift. And it makes for a kind of a neat um, uh, display piece because it is an original copy of the Lent address he gave. But more than that, it actually is more than just a piece of history. So what I'm going to do today is actually read through this Lent address. It maybe looks a lot longer than it is because it's very small print in that, but it's actually the length of what would be a standard homily here. And the reason I want to do this is not just because it's 150 years since this was proclaimed and published, but because it is remarkably contemporary, the wisdom that he gives to us as we begin our Lenten journey. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, to the congregation of St. James Church and others. My dear parishioners, we are members of the Anglo-Catholic Church for the professed purpose of most surely saving our own souls and most fully honoring our God and his Christ by sincerely walking in the ways of his own appointing. Hence, we are strangely inconsistent, not to say hypocritical, if we do not reverence her teaching, obey with godly humility her laws and institutions, and with glad hearts diligently wait upon God in all her sacraments and ordinances. Indeed, unless we do act thus, we have no business to belong to the Redeemer's fold. For his own injunction to all his disciples is, hear the church, and again, obey them that have rule over you. Now among the most important of the institutions of the church is that of Lent. Sanctioned by the example of our blessed Lord and handed down to us from the pure days of early Christianity. And intended, as you know, to be a time of retirement as, as much as far as possible from the distractions of the world, so as to give more time for meditation, reading, and prayer, with greater opportunities for self-denial and works of faith and love. But alas, how little is this holy season thus seriously and profitably observed amongst us? Yet never in the history of humanity, perhaps, was there a time when the rushing excitements of the world and the general vehement grasping of the things of earth should make God-fearing people more thankfully catch at every opportunity of escaping for a time from their seductive world, 
in order to breathe a more holier atmosphere. And Lent is no mere round of formal observances, but as the soul itself is retained in this, its present state of merciful probation by the natural function and nourishment of the body, so do, the, so do these recurring periods of more frequent devotion and special religious ordinances tend to awaken and invigorate the soul until, if duly used, we may come forth in some little degree, as did Moses and Elijah after their 40 days special communion with God, with renewed spiritual energies and with blessedly increased power over the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. May I hope, therefore, dear brethren, that you will endeavor to use this present holy Christ-clinging season and be, as becomes earnest Christians and consistent Christian men. Very sincerely do I pray that such may be your resolution and that so you may rejoice not only my heart, but much more that of your adorable master by your earnest fervor. And that not only in Holy Week alone, when I hope that as usual we shall have daily morning and evening prayer, and be favored as heretofore with the labors of several of my kind brother clergy, but that also during the whole of this Lent, should we be spared to witness its close, your increased longings after Christ will be manifested. Ah, how many of those who were in our midst or were closely connected with us last year at this time have passed into the realities of the unseen world. And what, think you, my brethren, would be their counsel to us now, were they permitted to give it, concerning the earnest involvement of this blessed penitential opportunity of drawing nigh unto the cross, especially seeing that they may possibly know that it is the very last with which some of us will be privileged? Permit me, then, my dear friends, to offer a few suggestions which may possibly aid you to the profit uh, pardon me, which may possibly aid you to profit by this holy Lenten season. First, and first let me advise you to increase your stated times of daily devotion. For this, your simpler meals, your fewer amusements, and your determination to abridge your worldly cares as much as possible should give you at least a little extra time. Second, Resolve never to be absent from the Holy Communion, that thrice-blessed thrice table of the Lord, nor from any public services of the church, those of the weekday as well as the Sunday, unless some really providential hindrance. To neglect the holy house of praise and prayer is ever a mark of decaying grace. While willingly to do so during Lent and the like seasons when the dear Redeemer and his bridge are redoubling their invitations to the throne of grace, is, I fear, very nigh unto apostasy. Thirdly, fasting. Fasting as well of prayer is the teaching of our Lord and was practiced by himself, his apostles, and the holy in all ages. Now this is an age of appetite and unbounded self-indulgence. Let me advise you then conscientiously to deny yourselves and to keep under the body by at least making your meals simpler, your luxuries fewer, 
and by putting a severe curb upon your needless self-indulgences. Your divine master won not even his bodily crown without first bearing his cross. And shall the servant be above his Lord? Fourthly, begin to be liberal to Christ and his poor, beyond what has hitherto been your usual habit. I urge this because I know that without much self-denying liberality, your own souls cannot prosper. I would also strongly advise you to adopt the principle which the Most High has so plainly enjoyed, namely that of setting apart a certain specified portion of your incomes for God and His Christ. If you are lovingly liberal in doing so, it will profit you, both body and soul, to a degree far surpassing your utmost conception. And in order to know the divine gauge or proportion of that liberality, honestly and prayerfully study your Bibles, yea, study also the cross, and then ask yourselves what it merits at your hands. Ever remembering that the pious Jews offered more than one-third of his income to God and his poor, and that when we search the scriptures for a principle, the very lowest proportion of their income as an offering to God for which even the comparatively poor can find any show of justification is a tenth of the whole. Adopt this self-denying principle in the love of Jesus and this Lent of 1873, or 2023, will depend on it, as I fear not again to assert, prove a marvelous blessing to yourselves and not to yourselves only. Fifthly, Never omit to kneel in both public and private prayer when physically able to do so. The Lord of his life, the Lord of life, when upon earth himself did so, and dare you be so proud or indolent as to approach without kneeling, that throne whose very purity would destroy you were it not sprinkled with the blood of your incarnate God? Sixthly, be fervent and conscientious, brethren, in your liturgical responding, audibly, in order that you may honor God earnestly so, in order that you may make it his confession, in order that you may make its confessions, petitions, and thanksgivings your own, nor neglect even the hearty amen where it is appointed. Let not your clergyman go alone to the throne of grace, but be as he is intended to be your leader thereto. Seventh, Try to join in the singing as much as you possibly can. Praise is the very joy of heaven, and the songs of our lips wonderfully assist and increase the gratitude of our hearts. Let us then not permit the choir to do the praising for us, but rather be our helps and guides in offering our grateful alleluias to God and to the Lamb in the best possible manner we can. Some of these suggestions you may possibly think of no great importance, but nothing that tends, even in the least degree, to lead us to Christ or helps us to honor him more becomingly or to work for him more earnestly can be of trivial importance. And my dear friends, the time is short. Do let us all then endeavor to be more earnest this Lent than ever before. I have been laboring amongst you now just upon 18 years. My great account cannot be very many years before its close. And ah, my brethren, as I look around, I almost tremble to think of what, it, of what may be its record. For alas, 
how comparatively little of genuine spirituality, of thorough deadness to the world, and of downright godly purity of life there is amongst us, how little of earnest love to Jesus as proved by our self-denying works for him, his church, and his poor. Oh, that we may now at last so improve these penitential weeks, that if permitted to see the coming Easter, we may indeed be found prepared to rise with him in newness of life. Believe me, my dear friends, your attached and faithful pastor, Adam Townley, Paris, Ontario, Ash Wednesday, 1873. And then he writes, like any good clergy person trying to get the last word, let me advise you the following prayer, to add the following prayer two or three times a day during this Lent to your other devotions. O blessed Savior, grant that I may faithfully use this time which thy holy church has set apart, following herein thine own example, that we may imitate thee in self-denial, watchfulness, and prayer. O thou who was tempted for us, yet without sin, and knowest how to help those that are tempted, give me, I entreat thee, grace to fight against all evil. Turn me unto thyself with my whole heart, wean my affections from the world, and give me a more earnest desire for holiness, and enable me to watch and pray unweariedly, that sowing in tears of true sorrow for my sins, I may hereafter reap in eternal joy, and so shall this sacred season prepare my heart for thine eternal kingdom. Amen. <laughs>